Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Now, why did God send 144,000 Jewish evangelists, two prophets, an angel? Why did he do that? Well, I just kind of said it to you, but here's why. Look at 2 Peter. But do not forget this one thing. Dear friends, with the Lord, a day is like a thousand years. And a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you. Did you ever think about the effort God made to bring you to himself? All of the people and circumstances that he orchestrated to get your attention? It's quite humbling and amazing, isn't it? Well, he's still doing that around the world and won't stop until the end of time. Pastor Mark will be teaching about God's persistent desire for men to be saved, even when they're being judged by him. You'll hear about the end times, about the frightening judgments that God's going to pour out on the earth. You'll also learn how God's going to keep giving people opportunities to turn to Him. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 as he continues his message, Good News During the Worst Time on Earth. Now look at Revelation, you're right there. Go all the way to chapter 11. Pastor Mark, why are you going so far? What's happened to chapter 7? I told you, I'm doing a summary. Here we are. Look at verse 3. Here comes the next solution. And I will give power to my two witnesses, and they will prophesy for 1,260 days clothed in sackcloth. Here we see that God raises up two prophets, two witnesses. Everybody debates over who they are. Most people feel, most commentators feel, probably Moses and Elijah. But it doesn't matter. During that tribulation, God's going to raise up two witnesses, two prophets. Now, prophesy can be in the future, but it can also be sharing the gospel, just promoting the gospel. Now, they'll be powerful witnesses and are initially protected by God. They come to the earth, and they work on the earth here during the tribulation. Their message is a very simple message that Jesus did. Remember, one of the first things Jesus did when he came here, he says, the kingdom of God is on hand. Repent and believe. So one of the great things these guys are going to do, they're going to have a message for true repentance, and they will give people a chance to repent. Now, let me just stop for a second. You can't become a Christian unless you choose to become a Christian. And you can't be a Christian unless the Holy Spirit 
opened your heart to want to be a Christian. But the final thing is you, an individual. It's not God. God will never force anybody. You must wish and choose of your own will to do it. Pride keeps most people from being Christians. So you have to get rid of the pride and say, God, I want you. So here's what they're doing. They're giving people a chance to repent, but they have to do it themselves. Now, at the end of their three and a half year ministry on the earth during all that time, they will be killed, dead, and they'll be left lying in the streets for three and a half days, and the world celebrates like crazy. Yeah, our God, Antichrist, he won again. This is fantastic. And what's interesting in the Bible when you see this, it says that it's in view of the whole world. Now, 2,000 years ago, what did you have that in one country to another country, you could view something? Pastor Mark, I had my old brownie camera. You could do that. No, you didn't. 2,000 years ago, you had nothing. Isn't the Bible amazing? It says the whole world will see it. That doesn't surprise you today, does it? In two seconds, you see what's happening in Japan and here and there and there and there and there. Instantly, we do it. That's 2,000 years ago. God knows what he's doing, in case you don't know. Okay? So the whole world is doing what? Hey, look at my cell phone here, baby. This is probably cell phones like this big, or maybe it's in your eye now. I don't know what it'll be when that happens. You say, look at this. This is great. These guys said that Jesus was real. They're dead. Well, how's God going to handle that? The people are laughing. Well, what happens is this. Supernaturally, while the people are still laughing and having fun, God raises them from the dead and transfers them to heaven in front of them. Hallelujah. Did you take a visit? No, it's so fast. What happened? Where do they go? Right to heaven. I'm sure God laughs. Look at us. He's got to laugh. But when he sees it, he kind of has to go like this. Thought they were dead, eh? No, I'm the one true God. They come to life and go back to heaven. Wonderful. Amen? Are you glad to have a supernatural God? Amen. Not a deceptive God, one. Well, there's one more, actually two. Look at Revelation 14, 6. Then I saw another angel flying in the midair, and he had the eternal gospel. Circle that in your Bible. The gospel isn't temporary. It's for all eternity. That's how people get to heaven, and there's only one way. To proclaim to those who live on the earth, to every nation, tribe, language, and people, there we have an angel as a witness. An angel. Everybody else is a human. This is an angel. Created being, angel. Look at verse 7. He said in a loud voice, the angel, fear God and give him glory. Because the hour of his judgment has come. Worship him who made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and the springs of the water. So this angel was commissioned to bring the message to every group of people on the earth. This is another clear picture. In the middle of God's judgment and wrath, this is a picture of God's heart for the lost. It's a picture of his heart. The angel said there's only one Savior 
Worship him. He's God. So the angel was commissioned to take that to every people group on the earth. Now, many people, when we read that, and back here in Matthew 24, you'll see it in a moment. When we read that, we usually only read it one way. Take a look at this. Jesus says this. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And read it together with me, the last line. And then the end will come. So we're thinking, we got to get it out to everybody. We got to get it out to everybody. It's going to happen. Well, that is true. But we'll never get it out to everybody. We just keep trying. But what's the angel going to do? He will go to everybody. He can get there way better than you can. He just flies there. Boom, he's there. Now, when is that going to be fulfilled? During the tribulation. That's when it's going to be fulfilled. Should we be trying to fulfill it right now? Absolutely. You'll see that. Where to go? Remember the Great Commission? Go into all the world. But it will be finalized by an angel supernaturally. We see again God's love, God's grace, God's heart for lost people. Now, why did God send 144,000 Jewish evangelists, two prophets, an angel? Why did he do that? Well, I just kind of said it to you, but here's why. Look at 2 Peter. But do not forget this one thing. Dear friends, with the Lord, a day is like a thousand years. And a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you. Let's read this, which is in yellow. Not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Why did Jesus come to this earth? To save the whole world. See, God is not happy when people reject him. So he's giving these all unbelievers an amazing, graceful chance with Jewish evangelists, two prophets, an angel. You know what? I personally believe, and I can't, I'll just say this. I, that's why I said personally. I believe other things will happen. It's just in my mind. I don't know. I can't prove it. But I believe that probably there'll be another group of people that will share the gospel of Jesus Christ. I believe Gentile witnesses. When you see all these people coming to Christ, they're not just going to be Jews. There's going to be tons of Gentiles. And if a Gentile comes to Christ, what do you think is going to be on their heart? Wow, my whole background's gone. God, I failed him before, but here I am. Because see, when you watch what's going to happen in the tribulation, guaranteed there'll be people that sit in our churches for years and years and years, ever since the church began. They're religious, they're good moral people, but they never turned over to Christ. And here comes the tribulation. They miss the rapture. They're in the tribulation. And they know they may be able to keep, I don't know if they'll be able to keep a Bible. Maybe they'll start going through and go, whoa, what that pastor said or what that individual that witnessed to me said was really true. And when I see that happening, when they see an angel coming saying, honor God, repent, get right. When they see Jewish guys go out like Billy Graham's. I was watching Billy Graham just before I came tonight. That guy could preach, baby. He had an anointing on him that nobody else had. These guys will have that anointing. 
and they'll feel so happy. It's so good, I can't keep it to myself. And they'll start witnessing to other people. I believe that will happen. And that means that's going to be the greatest revival prayer, all those people coming to the Lord that you and I have ever seen. Why? The tribulation is a dark time, but Jesus is the light of the world. And see, they're going to go, and they're going to just say, wow, wow, wow. Now, here's the issue. Everyone that gets saved during that tribulation comes to Christ. They're going to have to say no to the mark of the beast. And as they go on, it gets more difficult because you can't buy or sell anything. You know, we kind of experienced that the other day, going to the stores, right? When the hurricane thing comes, you go and you go to your food store. There's no food in here. Well, that's exactly what's going to happen. There's going to be food, but they can't get it because they haven't accepted the worship of the mark of the beast. And most of these people will be martyred for their faith. Look at this statement I made. During the tribulation, millions of people will be saved, but many will be killed and martyred for their faith. Turn to Revelation 6, 9. When he opened the fifth seal, Jesus, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain because of the word of God and the testimony they had maintained. Now notice, they just didn't come to Christ. They maintained a testimony that they were Christians. Now, what does that mean? Well, for one thing, it would mean this. You want to live? Deny Jesus Christ. We see that all over the world today. You know, there's thousands of martyrs killed every year in the world. Thousands. It says, who had been slain, by the word of God and the testimony they had maintained, they called out in a loud voice, they're in heaven. How long, sovereign Lord, holy and true, until you judge the inhabitants of the earth and avenge our blood? See, the fifth seal introduces us to, again, another multitude of people that have come to Christ under the altar of God who are saved out of the great tribulation. But they're martyrs. Because they're witness to the truth in God's word and Jesus Christ. See, that caused them to the Antichrist to go kill them, martyr them, get rid of them. They represent all who lay down their lives for Christ today. It's the same picture we have around the world. It's not so much here in the United States, but it will be coming, just like any part of our world will be, that you're going to have to either stand for Jesus Christ, you're going to have to deny him. I don't know when that will come, but it's happening to many of our missionaries. We have to continue to pray for them. Now, their murderers were still alive on the earth. But the martyrs were in heaven. They were at rest. They were robed in heavenly glory. And they were waiting for one thing, God's judgment on these murderers. And they're asking God, God, how long before you judge the earth for those people who killed us and bring vengeance on them. And they're basically told by God this. You have to wait a short season until their number be complete. And they are given white robes and thus comforted. In other words, there's more Christians coming to the Lord. They're going to be martyred too. But they're going to join you in heaven with me. Now look at verse 9. Revelation 7, 
9. Next chapter. After this, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude. Underline this next five words. That no one could count. Massive. Doesn't mean eventually you couldn't count the number. But just massive. Massive. From every nation, tribe, people, and language. Standing before the throne in front of the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. Remember another time that happened? Jesus came into Jerusalem and they bowed down. They put their, remember all the palms down in front of them? A few days later, most of those people said, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. This is very different. They're in heaven. They made it. And what I like when you see that, that multitude, nobody could count them. Every nation, tribe, people standing there before the Lamb. I have no idea what it will be like one day to stand before Jesus. To be honest, I think most of us won't be standing. We'll be bowing before Jesus. Because the only reason you got there is Jesus. Did we earn it? Not a chance. We have so much to be grateful for. So here's the way I wrote it. A great multitude of people are going to come to Christ during the tribulation. And there won't be any way to number them. They represent all the nations and tribes and peoples and the tongues from all over the earth. What does this incredible revival say to you and me today? What is the application God is trying to say to us? Well, here's what I believe. Jesus gave this command 2,000 years ago. Look at this simple command, but it needs to be followed today. Mark 16, 15. And then he told them, his disciples, go into what? Go into Jerusalem? No. All the world. Just as we heard. Into all the world and preach the what? To everyone. Just the Africans? Just the Spanish? No, to everyone. It's exactly the same thing we just see here. What it should say to us is this. Lost people still matter to God. Do they matter to us? I want you to meditate on that this week. Do lost people matter to me? When we teach as pastors, the main teaching is to get you to understand God's love and grace, to take it. Because you're the ones that get out and minister us as well, but just as an individual. We're here to mature and grow you and see how great God is and how loving he is and how many chances he gives us over and over again. But we have to love the lost. That's what Jesus did. Over the last maybe month or two, God has just been speaking to me about a term, and I don't even know where it's going. The term is, it's time for another revival. It's time for the church to be about God's business. Now, we're always about it. If you read the book of Revelation toward the front, we have different churches that God speaks to. And some of them he spoke to became what? Lukewarm. Not much zeal. Just think about me. He said, well, Pastor Mark, none of us do that. No, all of us do that. We just think about ourselves a lot. That's our old sin nature. 
So you just pray about that with me. I don't even know what that means. When I was on, on the trip, I was talking with Jackson and Brian, not knowing that I had said anything. They basically said God had been speaking to them exactly the same thing, that it's time. You know, one of the things I have at home is from one of the Gospels, and it says the people just jammed in the churches and they couldn't get into It's not about numbers. They couldn't get into the churches because Jesus was there. Can I tell you? Jesus is here every weekend. He's here in our services. He's here in our life. Man. And so just keep that in your heart. I don't know what that will ever go into, but even when we were in the garden, I prayed, and I prayed something about a revival, and I had nothing written. It just felt like God was just saying, use that word revival. By the way, the revival doesn't start with numbers of people. It starts with me, and it starts with you. It's not a group thing. It starts with each one of us. Now, when you see that happening, that, to me, just goes back to what we started many years ago. How many of you remember one of the five C's? Communicate the good news to everyone, everywhere. That's one of our core values for all of us. We take that mandate from Jesus very seriously, go into the world. Now, why doesn't everybody just automatically become a believer? If you're not a Christian, why wouldn't you just automatically become a believer? Pastor Mark, I don't want to go through that, man. That's miserable. You know, what do I have to do? Well, here's why. The God of his age, Satan, has blinded the minds of unbelievers. Of who? Unbelievers. So that they cannot see the light of what? The gospel. Of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. It doesn't make any sense to him. It may not make any sense to you. That's why, that's why we have to go to the unbeliever and say, it does make sense. Because, you know, their eyes were darkened during the tribulation. But God turned the light on by sending all those witnesses to share the gospel. And you and I have that same challenge. It's still happening to us. Satan hates God. He hates salvation. He hates the kingdom of God. But we have the answer. Now, after hearing this, some of you here, I want to ask you a question. If you died going home, do you know that you would be in heaven? See, if you don't know, you need to know. And the only way to know that is John fourteen six. Jesus answered, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You say, well, Pastor Mark, I'm just going to wait till the tribulation comes. You should have heard enough tonight to go, that's the worst decision you'll ever make in your whole life. Am I right? Why did God tell us this? Because today is a day of salvation. And some of you know right now that you would not go to heaven. It's not about being a person that's good. You can't work your way. The angel didn't go around and was, how many good works do you have? Let's see. No, he said, repent. Jesus is the only way. Thanks for joining Pastor Mark today on Lessons for Living. If you'd like to hear more from this study, you can find additional teachings online now at calvaryccm.com. We know that this time in our world is uncertain, but one truth remains steadfast. God is in control. During this season, we encourage you to spend time in the Word, in prayer, and in the presence of your Creator. 
As with many churches across our nation, Pastor Mark and the Calvary Chapel Melbourne community are holding church online. The church isn't the building, it's the people who, despite whatever obstacles are in their way, still worship Jesus and praise His name. We'd love for you to join us. Visit calvaryccm.com forward slash live or join us over on Facebook, YouTube, or Roku. We'll be having services on Saturday at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. We look forward to worshiping with you in this way until we can be gathered together as the body once again. We also know how essential prayer is during this time, and we want you to know we are constantly lifting our listeners up to the Lord. Is there anything specific we can be praying about for you? Let us know by visiting our contact page at calvaryccm.com. Would you do the same for us? Please keep Pastor Mark and our church staff in your prayers, along with our nation's leaders and those affected by this virus. Thank you for praying. That's all for today. Join us again for another edition of Lessons for Living. Hear your